Hey, how about right here? This looks like a good place for a tent. Yeah, it looks great. I'm so excited to camp in our backyard, but couldn't you leave the robot behind? I don't know why you're always pulling it in that wagon. Hey, that's Pods. He's my friend, and he's going to record today's story. Jess, I must record Justin's stories so I can put them on the web. This is Podscast now. Podscast? What do you mean? Yeah, I'm not sure what he means. He's been saying some weird stuff lately. Yes, don't worry about it. Alright, well how about I set up the tent and you start the fire? Sound like a plan? Sounds like a plan. I'll get the fire started, hun. Ha ha, hun. Watch yourself, Pods. My name's not Hun. This is Justin Grippentrog, and you're listening to The Day Hiker's Guide to Reality, a podcast for those who want to get out into nature and build camaraderie through storytelling. This podcast has continued to be sponsored by absolutely with nobody. So uh, keep hollering, keep giving me listens, and let me know what you think. I really do appreciate it. I'm super excited about today's episode. It's our first story. Uh, I wrote this one over the week, and I have our special guest today, my beautiful partner, Jessica. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, So the point of these stories is to, uh, you know, again, build that relationship through storytelling. Uh, Today's episode is pretty spooky in my opinion, but we'll get started and you'll let us know, right, Jess? (laughs) I'll let you know. Again, feel free to use these stories in any way that you see fit. Uh, Add to it, take away from it. Uh, But the idea I had when writing the story was a story that would stick with you later on. You know, it might not be scary right now, but once you get into this specific situation, you know, I want it to be something that crosses your mind at least. So, without further ado... Wait, what do you... So, do you know what a pudgy pie is first? (laughs) It's not called a pudgy pie. It's definitely a pudgy pie. <laughs> it's it's called a mountain pie where I'm from. <laughs> okay, so a uh, little bit of background. Uh, before you laugh when I say it, a pudgy pie is a uh, it's a pie between it's uh, you make it out of two slices of Wonder Bread and usually you can put like pizza toppings inside of it. You close this cast iron contraption and you put it into the ashes. Uh, I always heard it called pudgy pie. Jess calls it mountain pie. Uh, some people call it uh, what was the other name that we heard. I do not remember <laughs> what the other name was. I don't know, some kind of camper pie. Anyways. Uh, it's mountain pie. <laughs> depending on where you're from, call it what you want. Uh, but without further ado, uh, I guess I'll call this story Kevin. Whitney used to love camping. Every summer as a child, her parents would grab the family tent, sleeping bags, and a couple extra blankets, and a cooler full of family favorites, including the fixin' for pudgy pies. Pudgy pies were Kevin's favorite. He could eat them every day if he could. Kevin was Whitney's older brother. She remembered him being teased frequently for avoiding people and occasionally flapping his arms frantically like some kind of small bird. Kevin was different, but he was still her older brother. And while he didn't always seem like he cared about the things around him, he always had a special way of letting anyone he cared about know whether it be tapping you on the shoulder or giving you his quick, fleeting smile. After the car would be packed, they would all load up inside and make their way to the National Forest about two hours from where they lived, 
surrounded <laughs> by very spruce trees and random boulders that make you wonder how they just ended up there. Anyway, when Whitney and her family would arrive to their usual spot, she would excitedly run out and help her parents unload the car while Kevin completed his yearly ritual of making sure he had his blanket and helping their mother set up the tent. Dad would always let Whitney pull the car up a little ways. After always accidentally parking a little too far away from the campsite. Kevin always wanted to be in the car. He loved everything about cars. Every year, he'd run up to the window and pound on the door. Let me in, Whitney! Let me in! Whitney would look out the door as she sat on her dad's lap. She wanted this time for herself, a feeling of being a grown-up. Dad would usually press the unlock button and let Kevin in, and he would always get so excited just to go for the short ride, even if it was only 10 feet. Fast forward 10 years, Whitney was in her second year of university when she met Mike. She was studying early education. He was an engineer of some kind. Anyway, due to their busy schedules, they'd always find time to meet up with one another at the local coffee shop early in the morning. They would chat about everything. Well, almost everything. You know what would be fun? Let's go camping, Mike exclaimed one morning over coffee. I always go alone and none of my roommates ever want to go. I think you would really like this place just north of here. Whitney felt a tightness in her throat. I, I don't know. Camping really doesn't sound like a good time. It's always so boring and I never sleep very well in the tent. I thought she loved camping. Well, that's what Mike said. Didn't you, didn't you say you loved camping as a kid? Mike asked quizzically. Tears started to well in Whitney's eyes. Yeah, but Mike began to notice her tone change. Hey, hey, are you okay? Whitney began to tear up more. Without speaking, they both stood up and walked outside. Whitney began to speak once they were out. It's just, I just never shared this out loud, but I used to have a brother. Used to, Mike repeated. Whitney went on to explain how, during their last and final family camping trip, they all went on a hike that they had done numerous times in the past and how Kevin really didn't want to go that day, and how he lollygagged from behind on their trek, how he was there one minute and just gone the next. Whitney began to cry now. She explained between sobs how her parents began to argue and that her dad didn't come back to the tent until the next morning, as he and one of the rangers in the area at the time searched throughout the night. They could hear the yelling from the distance. Kevin! Whitney told of how her poor mother, who in all of her efforts to calm and comfort Whitney, was shaken violently in their tent, how she fought back from breaking down completely at any moment. Kevin didn't come back with Dad that next morning. Whitney went on to tell about how the rangers never found a trace of Kevin. It was as if he vanished into thin air. She cried harder as she explained how her dad would tell everybody who asked that the only logical way a boy Kevin's age could go missing was a stalking mountain lion. Mike tried to comfort Whitney, placing his palm on her shoulder. Mike cleared his throat. (laughs) How about a night in? Instead, he insisted. Let's grab some takeout and stream a comedy movie or one of those baking shows. (laughs) Whitney chuckled, and she wiped her eyes and nodded in agreement. That sounds wonderful. Whitney apologized for crying, but Mike assured her that there was nothing to be sorry for. He gave her a big hug and gave just a little extra squeeze. Friday came without any more talks of camping from Mike. Whitney knew Mike was really excited to invite her camping, and she started to feel as if she was laying him down for some reason. 
you know those moments uh, when you have no reason to feel bad, but you just can't seem to override the innate sense of empathy? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like that sometimes. <laughs> Pretty frequently. <laughs> Anyways, Whitney had a plan. After work, she rushed to the grocery store and scooped up some food for pudgy pies, a case of soda pop, and a fifth of their favorite whiskey. When she arrived to Mike's home, she let herself in with a spare key that Mike kept under the mat. She grabbed his tent and began to set up a mock campsite in the backyard. The backyard wasn't huge, but it was fenced in with tall wooden boards, and it had a small permanent fire pit directly in the center. Mike and his roommates had a shed in the left corner of the yard that didn't get very much use, and a tree that was rooted to the immediate left of the shed. Whitney decided the best place to pitch a tent would be away from the shed and set up the two camp chairs so that their backs were facing the shed. This way, she thought, they would have a better view of the campfire and they'd feel a little bit more wild. <laughs> what? Mike exclaimed. Are you sure? Uh, Whitney loved to see Mike happy. They laughed as they gathered sticks and some extra logs Mike kept behind the shed and began to build their fire. Once the fire was rolling... Whitney broke out the cooler and began to assemble the mountain pies. And Mike started to pour their cocktails into some red solo cups that they had in the house. As their pies cooked in the ashes of the fire, they started to talk and laugh and listen to the sounds of the night, periodically stopping to watch the flames of the fire dance in the darkness. I'll be back, Mike said, standing up to go relieve himself behind the tree. Whitney smiled. She felt like she did all those years ago. But in her mind's eye, she could still see Kevin. He was giving that smile, showing that he cared. What she would have given if she could just see him smile like that a little bit more. Mike returned. Ready to eat? The pies! Whitney and Mike realized that in their moment of zen, that they had forgotten about the pudgy pies. Whitney pulled the irons from the ashes and opened them, revealing a charred lump of coal that was once a pizza pie pudgy. <laughs> Rats! I can't believe we forgot to pull them out. No biggie, said Mike. I'll just grab some snacks from inside. Really rough out here, isn't it? <laughs> Whitney, while disappointed, put the cast iron back in the pit and followed Mike inside to pick out some snacks. After the fire reduced to nothing but white ash with spots of embers, the couple decided to call it a night. Now, are you sure you want to do this? Mike asked again. It's not too late to just go sleep inside. No, no. I want to do this. Plus, you'll have to keep me a bit warmer out here. <laughs> Whitney smiled. After crawling into their sleeping bags and cozying up with a couple extra blankets from inside, Whitney quickly fell asleep. Too bad it wouldn't last long. Oh, I don't like that. <laughs> Whitney awoke from a deep sleep. Was Mike awake? She could hear what sounded like small steps approaching the tent. Mm. It has to be a cat. Maybe one of Mike's roommates, she thought. But as she completed that thought, she heard the sound of something sliding across the tent's vestibule. There was no doubt now. Someone was outside. Without making a sound in her sleeping bag, she turned her head slowly to see if Mike was still there. The sound of the fingers sliding across the tent had stopped, and now the sound of something dropping... Sitting in the vestibule could be heard directly in front of Whitney. Mike was still there, sound asleep. Whitney's throat began to tighten. She began to clear her throat, 
and was ready to wake up Mike when a small, familiar whisper broke the silence. Whitney, let me in. Whitney's throat sank into her chest. She didn't just hear that. She couldn't have. I know you're awake, Whitney. Let me in. I need to come in. How does this person, child, know my name? Thoughts rapidly spinning in Whitney's head. The tent was too dark, but Whitney felt like she could make out the silhouette of something in the vestibule inches from the tent's mesh entrance. Oh my god. Whitney grabbed her phone silently and flicked on the light, shining it directly toward the direction of the voice. Whitney's throat and heart sank into her stomach. Staring at her, with eyes locked into hers, was a small boy. The boy had pasty white skin and was wearing a tattered t-shirt that didn't seem to fit. Whitney, I'm cold. Let me in so I can use your blanket. I need to come in. Mm-mm, don't let him in. Whitney became overcome by the sense of familiarity this boy gave off, but something about him was off. What was she supposed to do? Let him freeze? Where, where are your parents? Whitney asked with a croaking voice. They'll find me soon. Let me in so I can warm up. Mm. Winnie began to feel that overriding sense of empathy, and this boy, this Kevin, well, mom and dad would be so happy that I found him, she began to think. Feeling more at ease, Whitney sat up and reached for the zipper. She began to unzip the entrance. The boy began to smile, mouth moving almost mechanically like a ventriloquist doll. Whitney! Mike sprang up yelling suddenly behind Whitney grabbing her hand from unzipping the entrance further. Look at his teeth! His eyes are black! The feeling of comfort quickly lifted, and staring the boy in the eyes, she now realized the boy's eyes were pitch black as if two wells of an endless abyss, and his teeth were boxy but sharp in rows that looked like that of a shark. The boy, the thing, closed its mouth. Then, without moving, began to scream, Let me in! Whitney, now terrified, slid back and slammed the back of her head into Mike's jaw. Whitney's vision began to go dark, and the last thing she saw was the boy's black eyes staring into hers, and her vision faded. Whitney awoke the next morning with the back of her head pounding, and Mike's face didn't feel good either. Neither made a sound for hours as they lay huddled in the middle of the tent, ensuring that no part of their bodies touched the tent walls. After no unusual sounds with the exception of cars passing in the street, the familiar dog barking, and people walking past the home, they made their way out and inspected the grass around the tent. No footprints or signs of someone or something had been in the vestibule that night. Was that real, Mike asked out loud. I, I mean, I saw the boy clear as day, Whitney said, finally clearing her throat. Mike and Whitney hesitantly searched the house before Whitney collapsed on the couch, exhausted and in need of sleep after that fright. Mike, too anxious to sleep, decided to go back to the mock campsite. After folding up his tent and collapsing the chairs, he replaced the lid back on the fire pit and realized something. He couldn't find the pudgy pie maker. Where was it? It was right here last night, right? After searching around the pit, Mike began to look around the yard. It wasn't until Mike was behind the shed where he found the pie iron. The insides had been completely cleared out, and there appeared to be a imprint. An imprint that looked like someone was sitting in the soft soil facing the direction of the tent. Mm. 
Mike scooped up the pie iron, quickly ran back to the campsite, packed up everything, went inside and locked the door behind him. He never did tell Whitney about what he found. That was creepy. Yeah, so what'd you think? Yeah, uh, it was really creepy. It <laughs> reminds me of times I would go camping when I was a teenager with my friends and we would think we heard like footsteps and sniffing around our tent and we didn't sleep all night. It's pretty... And now I'm afraid to go camping. <laughs> <laughs> it's a it's a pretty funny uh, uh, concept. I mean, who, who wants to be scared? But uh, being out there camping at night is, it's inherently scary and i'm envious of the people who can just fall asleep on the trail it usually yeah. takes me a couple hours yeah and like was that her brother i don't know was it like a possessed form of her brother <laughs> uh maybe that's freaky i mean i think that's part of good storytelling is incorporating some of the unknown uh this concept was based off uh i believe if i can remember correctly uh, the stories of these black-eyed beings come from the Iroquois tribes in America, and they're these pasty black-eyed children, um, and they're the human spawn of their uh, deity that represents evil, who's like this snake-like monster. Uh, and anyways, they said they would come down from the woods, and they're pretty violent, and they would feed on human flesh. To come down and eat your mountain pies. <laughs> come down and eat your mountain pies. <laughs> And try to get into your tent. Yeah. So, Jess, when did you start hiking? Um, I mean, I've gone on hikes, like, here and there, um, growing up all the time. And when I was a teenager in my early 20s. But I didn't start actually, like, hiking weekly until about, like, a year, a year and a half ago. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah? You want to tell us more? <laughs> uh, I started hiking with you. Like, yeah. actually hiking. Um, I didn't really, you know, know much about hiking um, until we started to go. I think on our first hike, I showed up in uh, jeans and, like, tennis shoes, like running shoes. <laughs> yeah, generally how people start yeah. out. <laughs> I didn't really know much um, about, like, what I needed to use. And, you know, now now I do. Now I we go pretty much every week. Yeah, true. So you listened to the first episode. Yeah. What would be your 11th essential? You. <laughs> oh, shit. Oh, thank you. Didn't expect that, did you? No. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. So I didn't really have a whole list of questions, uh, you know, made up for you. But, yeah, thanks for coming today and listening to the story. Uh, yeah, absolutely. It was pretty creepy. I feel like it's it's light here right now, but uh, when it gets dark outside, I might be a little creeped out in the dark areas of the house. <laughs> Well, that's uh, that's good storytelling, you know, horror that sticks with you after you heard it. So, Jess, thank you so much for being my very first guest on the podcast. Oh, wait, I do have one more question. What has been your favorite hike you've ever been on? Mm, my favorite hike would probably be the one that we did at Rocky Mountain National Park. It's called Sky Pond. Um I really liked that one because that was the first time I had done a scramble and it was up a waterfall and then there were like two lakes up top and I just thought it was really beautiful and you could see a lot of uh, different views. It was a long day, but it was a lot of fun. Sky Pond was pretty awesome. Hopefully all you listeners get a chance to check it out someday. Uh, tune in next week. I will be reviewing the layering system. How do you stay comfortable on the trail?
as always, catch you later.